five psychological things that make you less attractive. Hey, I'm Andrew Boyd, founder and creator of the Magnetizing Man Method. And look, this is the channel where we magnetize your man so that the man you want, desires, and most importantly, ladies, pursues you forever. But today I'm not going to be talking so much because I have my very dear friend and pageant coach, Alicia Zimnock here with me today. Hey, Alicia. Hi, Atia. Thank you so much for having me. I am super pumped to talk about this topic with your audience. I'm super excited because also, ladies, she, um, Alicia, was Miss California in 2014. So she has the real deal behind the secrets knowledge that you don't get anywhere else, right? Like you're always like, what do they know what I don't know? Well, today you will find out. <laughs> I'm so excited. And also, um, if you watch us on YouTube or podcast, we have a win a pageant podcast that Alicia hosts as well on the platform. And we will also post that into the show notes and in the comments as well. Well, Alicia, tell us a little bit about how the heck did you become a pageant coach? It, like They're probably like, but wait, a pageant coach? I've heard maybe about Miss California, but like, that's it, you know? I know. I know. You know, it's it's a fun story. I didn't start competing until I was an adult. And then I went through lots of losses before I discovered a piece of what we're going to talk about today, which is the difference between beauty and attraction. And when I sort of unlocked, you know, I was chasing beauty, beauty. I just wanted to be the most beautiful. But when I shifted my focus and understood better this concept that you talk about in your work, which is attraction to actually be magnetized, to have them pursue you, that is when I finally started winning. And that's when I won Miss California. And then I realized, you know what? There's a lot of people out there that are chasing the wrong thing. Like they're just trying to be perfect or beautiful or whatever. And many of the things that we're doing are actually very off-putting to people. And it's actually making us less attractive. And so that's what we're going to talk about today is really figuring out so what's the difference and and how do we draw the line? And that's what led me to realize if all if I was doing it and all these other people are doing it, then maybe this is something that I can help with. And so I created my framework to help women that are competing in beauty pageants to help an understanding between the difference between beauty and actual being coming more attractive. So the women I work with get scored from zero to 10 by a bunch of strangers in like five minutes or less. And they have to win people over and make a big impression in order to win the title. And so that's kind of a bit about where my experience comes from and how it can apply to your audience today. Oh, I love that. You know, I call that like leaving an emotional tattoo on, well, on the man, but this case, it would be like the jury's heart, right? They're like, oh, she was like unforgettable. You know, I always have women ask me, how can I be unforgettable on a date? And I'm sure we're going to get some tips and tricks here today. That will Absolutely. also apply to dating. But I also see a lot of women watch this to really feel like gaining more confidence. Yes. To be themselves versus yes. like being sort of like performing, right? Because they feel yes. like the man wants, you know, wants to have this high achieved woman and he wants you to be a certain way, to look a certain way. And so that's why I brought you on because there's nothing more than like the pageant world, right? We're like, wait a minute, you know what I mean? Let's debunk that myth. Um, where this actually potentially even came from, this whole idea of like performing and smiling in a certain way and putting your, you know, your head in yes, the-, the tilt and the giggle. <laughs> <laughs> yes, which 
which Antia, I perfected it. I really, when I was competing, <laughs> I showed up with like the most expensive dress. I really thought I did everything just perfectly. But what I discovered was that all these little things that I was doing that I thought were perfect were actually creating a giant gap between, because things have changed, you know, it, if, if we think about the difference between beauty and attractiveness is if you go to somebody's home and you might look around at their home and be like, wow, this is a really beautiful home, but you wouldn't necessarily feel like I would love to live here, but you might just still recognize this is lovely. This is really beautiful. The difference is that attractive is when you walk into somebody's home and you're like, and you come to life and you feel like, wow, this is gorgeous. Uh, and you want to sit in all the chairs and you want to touch all of the vases and you just feel like I'm home. That is what we want to focus on. And usually that is not perfection. Usually the Pinterest, perfect Pinterest, you know, house and display and stuff is like, that's lovely. And we all think that's totally beautiful. But like, does that couch really look all that comfortable to sit on? You know? That's the biggest difference that I that I see. And this is what I work with my clients on in a beauty pageant. Like exactly like you said, they're getting scored from zero to 10. But it's more about the psychological understanding of how people make decisions. Um, from in, in my clients, they're worried about their judges. So a panel of five strangers that are literally judging them. But we experience this in our day-to-day lives, whether we're at a job interview, on a date, at a coffee shop, we meet someone cute or we catch an eye across the way with them. All of those things, we're creating an impression and we need to make a lasting impression, but it has to be one, not of perfection, but of attraction. Mm, Mm -hmm. I love that so much. And uh, today we're going to talk about the psychological things that make you less attractive, but maybe also... um, pepper in some things that that make you attractive right like absolutely how- oh, i'm not gonna leave you hanging oh yes i always will have not a solution so tell us like the first psychological thing that make a woman less attractive yes. so the first thing i want to share is this idea of being perfect so this, when I was, um, what I, I came up through the entertainment industry, I lived in Los Angeles and was a host and fitness model and things like that. So, and when you live in Los Angeles, you tend to know a lot of actors and actresses. And one of my friends was very successful in her field. And I told her that I had headshots coming up soon. I said, oh, I've got some headshots for my pageant and, you know, I'm trying to figure out what I'm going to wear and how I'm going to do my hair and all this. And the advice that she gave me was don't chase pretty. Don't chase pretty. And I was like, well, I want to be pretty though. I want to be like beautiful. I want to be perfect. I want to have all the things. And she said, no, 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 don't chase pretty. Because what happens is, and I've seen this with my pageant women too, when we are desperate to be this perfect thing that we think this is what pretty looks like. Pretty has this kind of hair or pretty has, you know, this type of clothing or pretty is a person that has jawbones way up here or pretty is somebody who has thick lips or, and we're chasing these things that are different than who we are. When we're chasing those things, we give off a natural um, dis 
love, lack of love for our own characteristics that are true about us. And so when you chase all these other things that are outside of you that you're trying to be, you are naturally, psychologically, the people that are experiencing you chasing something that you don't have or that you are not, they experience you running away from the things that you do have and the things that you are. And so they feel like, whoa, whoa, what are we running away from? Oh, wait, so we shouldn't like thin lips? Oh, we shouldn't like large eyes? Oh, we shouldn't like dark hair? Oh, so now they're psychologically confused. Like, wait a second. Oh, why do we have to have these 20 things? Why do you need to have long? Why do you need to be blonde? Why do you need to have why, 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 why do you feel like you need to be 30 years old? Why can't you just be 47? And it's, but we get caught up in this. I'm not good enough as who I am. So I need to chase what I think is pretty. Don't do that. It's, it's ugly. It's actually ugly because what's happening is you are putting off this like red flag that something's wrong with me so much so that even I have to run from it. That is not attracting. That's actually making me feel like, well, what's so wrong with it that I need to get away from? Don't chase the pretty. Instead, you need to embrace the things that you've got. And this is this is the like, so how do you get, how do you become attractive with you know, the things that you have, you know, maybe you have a little extra weight that you just cannot lose. And you're like, you know what, just, this is what I look like. This is who I am. Perfect. Love that part of you. But how do you really do that? You have to do what I I describe this as integration. And I know this is stuff that I'm sure Antia is a part of your work too, because this is how people develop their confidence is when they look at, look, these are the things about me that are not going to change. And sure, we could get plastic surgery. We could get a tummy. We got all these extremes to make us be. So we we could chase those things. However, by doing that, you are psychologically communicating to yourself and others that what you have isn't enough. And so instead, we need to integrate this into our life. We need to just say, look, hey, I like my hair short. There's a reason I cut my hair short. It's because it's easier for me to manage. I I like that I can style it very simply. I like it doesn't take me a lot of work and a lot of effort. These are the reasons why I've chosen this. Or, hey, I have have thinner lips and my lips are going to continue to thin as I age. And that's okay. I look at my mom. She's got the same face as I do. My grandma has the same face as her. And I'm like, that's what I'm going to look at when I'm 93 years old. And I can look at her and say, she is beautiful. And that's okay that, that I don't need to be changing all these things. I'm sharing personal things that these are experiences that I've had of like chasing the pretty, like, oh, should I get, should I get plumped lips? Should I get Botox in my head? No, I love that when I go like that, I express myself a lot and I get wrinkles on my forehead, but I like that because I like that I'm an expressive person. So we've got to integrate these pieces of who we really are. We can't chase the pretty. We've got to understand the things that you have can be really attractive if you integrate them into your life and say, yeah, these are pieces that I actually really like about me. I've chosen these to be this way. I've chosen to have short hair this way, or I've chosen to wear these wigs that I really like, or I've chosen to wear this color. That's my favorite color. I've chosen to wear this type of jewelry or have this type of style. When we choose those things consciously, then we're able to say, and this is why, and this is why I love it. This is what it makes me mean. So that's our first one. Don't chase the pretty. 
well, this is so powerful because, you know, so many women come to me and say, you know what, like the date went great. I mean, it was, it was basically perfect. I mean, it was like, you know, and like when you said you're basically communicating, you know, they're running away from something themselves. And I always tell my women, the quality of men they're attracting to their life is directly proportional to the relationship they have to themselves. Right. So then the man is running too. And that's exactly what happens, right? Those guys are ghosting and it doesn't make any sense. It it was like a great conversation. It was like, you know, they're even like physically compatible. It's not like she's not his type or, you know, and I remember when I was actually um, doing a little bit of matchmaking, one guy was actually saying, I just feel like I don't have like space next to her, right? I just like, don't feel, you know, and another guy was saying, well, I felt like I have to make the whole conversation. So it's like this being so concerned about like, performance and he meant like authentic conversation you know what I mean not like you know asking you obvious questions so that's like so powerful for you to I feel like as you were talking I already felt like women having like little breakthroughs and aha moments and light bulbs going off you know what I mean and this is comes from former Miss California ladies okay so like you you know what I mean this is this is it so let's talk about um what's the number two psychological thing that you I I'm going to, I'm going to go a little out of my original order because you mentioned the, I don't have space. Mm -hmm. So this, what, what I've found in our judging panel. So when my contestants stand in front of uh, five strangers that are going to score them from zero to 10, one of the things that they have to consider is the definition of beauty. So beauty is we've heard before beauty is in the eye of the beholder. And that is partially because we all see things as, you know, we all, we all value things differently. We all think, but mostly it has more to do with how I feel when I am in somebody else's presence. So if I feel really supported and really like I am like a really great person, whenever I'm in your presence, that makes me feel like on top of the world. And I want to spend more time with that type of person. Now it backfires if it gets to be a little like corny, like a little over the top or this kind of thing. So what, what can become unattractive is a woman that is overly like complimenting, like overly like, oh my gosh, you're just the most amazing guy I've ever. And he's sitting over there being like, Okay, like you're laying it on a little too thick over here, you know, but the other thing that can be really confining is being overly judgmental. So especially in a dating situation, although this happens for my contestants as well, but in a dating situation, when a woman shows up and she's like, I've got my checklist. These are the 20 things I'm looking for in my man. So then he sits down and she's like, well, let me just see about this. Are you, and she is overly judging all these characters. Now I, I do think we need to have an idea of what we're looking for. We don't just want to take anybody, you know, as, as a woman, we get what we want by saying no to the things we don't want. So, so there's a limitation to this. However, when you are overly judgmental about all these things about that other person, they have no space to breathe. And we need to give them space to be them. And we do that by allowing us space to be us. And so when we shift our boundaries, when we say, okay, well, I'm going to make myself smaller so that you can feel larger, that's not healthy. 
because now all of a sudden I've confined myself to this little, like, I, I, well, okay, well, it's okay. Well, it, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. I'll just shrink myself like this. You can just run all over me. No, no, no. That is not attractive. Holding firm boundaries, but also not saying, well, I'm the boss of you and I'm going to tell you exactly what I want. And I'm going to do all the things. I'm going to make all the decisions for us. And I'm going to, now there's no space for that person to also show up. So I see this a lot, even in pageantry, where our contestants will typically, before they compete in a pageant, they get a program book that has a little bio about all of the judges. And when they get into the interview room, what they sometimes do wrong is they try to make a false connection, like a pseudo connection based on superficial things. So they'll say things like, oh, I saw that you grew up in the Midwest. I went to school in the Midwest. And you're like, okay, that I don't care. You know, like that's so superficial. It's so, but maybe I'm saying, do you think I'm like, that's like, maybe I should value that. Maybe are you judging me that like, you think I should care that we both are from the Midwest? Like, so it sets the standard for over, over judgment. What we need to do is we need to allow your boundaries to be firm. Don't feel like you shrink. Don't feel like you need to expand to solve every problem in the world. Allow them to be where they are. And that what that will do is allow them to share who they are, to have the space exactly where they So don't be overly, oh, I'm going to have my checklist. This is all the things I need to have. No, 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 no. Just relax. Now, granted, if they don't have those things, or if after a few interactions, you're realizing like, no, this is not the person for me, that's okay. But if you're doing this whole checklist thing, that's really unattractive because now they feel like, gosh, I couldn't even like show her who I am. I felt so confined. I felt like I couldn't even breathe. So it's the judgment. Do not be overly judgmental and do not be overly like, oh, I'm going to shrink myself into a little nothing and just tell you how great you are. You know, both of those things can backfire. And this is what I talk about with my women about the pendulum swing, because like, you know, like about 50% of the women who come here, they attract like a narcissistic relationship mm-hmm. into their life, right? And of course, narcissists are responding to that shrinking behavior. They're looking for like a woman who's shrinking herself, right? They're like, oh, this is perfect, right? Because then I can take up all the space because I don't feel bad about it. You yeah. know what I mean? They're like sort of the um, the parasite, right? And the woman is the host. Um, and then, and then it's, it's eventually they get so resentful that they swing the opposite direction. And I say, well, now you're not going to attract a high quality men because high quality men, they're not responding to women who don't like men. You know what I mean? Because they like themselves. They're respecting yeah. themselves. They're honoring themselves. They give you the space as much as they give them the space, right? They mm-hmm. have the integrity and they will treat you like a queen, but you have to know that you are one. So such a good point, mm-hmm. Alicia. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's what's number three? That was that was like okay. So number three is this the the concept of overly focusing on your own personal achievements. So this is the woman who is like, okay, I have to tell him that I've traveled to twenty five countries, and then I need to say that I and kind of almost shows up to a date or in my circumstances with my clients to an interview with a list of things that they feel like this other person needs to know this about me. Otherwise, and usually it comes from this place psychologically. It often comes from the place of if they don't know this about me, they won't value me. So I need to tell them that I'm an avid traveler and I need to tell them that I'm a really good cook 
But I also need to tell them that I was raised on a farm and I know how to ride farm animals. But I also need to mention that and it's like turns into this laundry list of things that then and I have my doctoral degree and I've got two master's degrees. And it's like, okay, like so now this becomes just the resume of you. And it and it doesn't allow for the natural flow of conversation. So in a date setting and even in an interview setting, like with my contestants, they're interviewing for a position. You would think that they're supposed to give their whole resume. Here's what makes me great for this role. But that's actually not the case. We instead want it to be conversational because if it's not conversational, there's no attraction. It's just so logical that people are like, well, we could check the box. We could not check the box. Instead, you want to be attracting. You want to be the type of person that says, you know, oh, yes, actually, I did. I have traveled to France before. And then they're like, oh, you have? Okay, well, have you been to Bali? Actually, yeah. Oh, Bali was one of my favorite places I've been to. Oh, well, how about have you been? Now we're curious. Now we're drawing out things. Now when you say something new, I'm drawn in. I'm like, wait a second. Whoa, this woman is full of cool surprises. Like what else? Versus showing up and saying, yep, well, a little bit about me. Well, and then you're like, you go to this whole laundry list of things of your accomplishments. And it's really off-putting because the other person then feels like, oh, I wasn't the right person would say, I'm not prepared for this. I didn't like list out my accomplishments before I got here on this date. So now I feel like we're trying to like have this comparison battle, like who did the most stuff in their life. And now I feel like I'm probably going to lose this. That doesn't make the person feel attracted to you. They feel instead repelled from you. So don't show up with a laundry list and focus on all the things, the laundry, all this, I did this and I did this and all your accomplishments. Instead, allow those things to show up throughout the time getting to know a person. Oh, it's so true. And, you know, and I had this client uh, when I was like doing some matchmaking and she was doing exactly that, right? She's like, I'm the C-level executive. And, um, you know, I won this championship and the, the tennis, you know, like, so, and I literally coached her before, right? I said, this guy do not mess this up because I interviewed this guy. He was like an engineer and a musician. I'm just like masculine, feminine to, I just amazing, right? Like charisma basically. Right. And, and I do not mess this up. I know you, you know what I mean? Like, and that is exactly what he said. He's like, well, sounds like she's got it all going on, you know. What does she need me for? Mm-hmm. And um, and what what happened is like I think what he was saying is what well, is just two masculine energies, and yeah. it's just neutrality. That's like I can take it or I can leave it. It's kind of mm-hmm. you know what I mean. It's like yeah, yeah, depending on the on the day, maybe a caller, maybe yeah. you don't. And um, yeah, absolutely, like such a good point, you know, like to just move away from um this this it's a myth that men are actually looking for those highly accomplished women and that they want to hear all of that um, on the first date, because you're right. It's not going to put them in an attractive face, but it puts them into like a competing place. I've never heard a man fall in love. Like I fell in love with this woman because we're competing all the time. It's so cool. I beat her at Monopoly. I love it when she like (laughs) emasculates me. You know what I mean? I'm going out car. Like said, no man ever, at least not once I talked to Really? Yes. That's so true. And it is, it can become sort of like this competition that feels like, could I ever win this? And, and you, you as a woman, 
happen, it likely will become exhausted before the man becomes exhausted. So if you are attracting somebody who likes that for some reason, you, you can't keep it up. It's not sustainable because as a woman, our energy isn't designed to sustain that type of, you know, always, always, always go, go, go. We're designed to soften and to receive. And so, and especially in a dating relationship. And so it won't last if it begins like that, where it's competitive and it might be fun and, and it's, you know, maybe it's cute, but then it wears out very quickly because that's not how it, that's not what keeps you together. It's not, it, that's not the design of it. Mm-hmm. Totally. Totally. I agree. Yeah. So we have two yeah. more psychological yeah. things left. Yep. What's the yeah. next one, Alicia? Okay. So this next one is this concept of, um, I, I like to imagine the difference between a river and a swamp. So a swamp is stagnant. There's no movement. It's kind of like just been there for years. Nothing's really changed. Nothing's, you know, this is the type of woman who's had the same hairstyle for 10 years and it, you know, her hairstyle works. It's fine, but it is what it is. You know, she hasn't really updated her wardrobe in a long time and hasn't really, you know, invested in anything for herself. And it's just kind of like things are just going along. That's the swamp. What's more attractive is a flowing river, something that's in motion, something that's moving, something that is uh, in a growing state. So this is the type of woman who is exploring new hobbies. She's the type of person who is able to like have interesting conversations, meet new people and not feel like she's committed, but also not feel like she's being judged. She's able to kind of just flow through things. And it feels like the difference between a swamp that's stagnant and the river that's flowing, it feel the river feels more life-giving. It feels more refreshing. It feels more valuable because of the fact that it's in movement. So what I see a lot in my pageant contestants is that they they often will compete year after year. So they'll come one year, they'll make top 10. They'll come back the next year, they'll be in the top five. They'll come back. This happened to me. I competed my first year, I was top 10. My second year, I was first runner up. I almost won. I was first runner up. And so that's the year that I was like, okay, I am going to be perfect. And what I invested in was all the wrong things. So I invested in the wardrobe. I I literally changed my hair one shade lighter because somebody told me you should lighten your hair a shade. And I was like, oh, okay, that sounds great. That's a lot of time. That's a lot of money. It was stupid. It was damaging to my hair. It was not the right thing to invest in. So I invested in all these superficial things. I show up the next uh, at the next year for my pageant competition, and I didn't even make the top five. I actually went back in my placement, and I was supposed to be the one that won. I believe that what happened was I jumped in a swamp. I allowed myself mentally and emotionally to be stagnant. I wasn't doing any new personal development things. I wasn't reading any new books. I wasn't engaging a new coach. I was I was just doing the same things I'd always been doing, just more and more expensive. And it didn't work because I was a swamp. It wasn't attractive. It was like, well, you look exactly like you looked last year. Like, okay, well, nothing's changed here. What they wanted was somebody that had life in them, that was growing, that was trying new things, that was making some movement in life. So for your ladies that are wanting to attract the right man, 
You cannot be stagnant. You can't just say, well, you know, I'm just going to try to keep doing what I was doing and maybe just do it more. No, that probably isn't working. You have to find a new way of trying things. And the new way is in most cases, Antia, the changes that we make externally, meaning we get a new dress, we change up our hair, we get new wardrobe, whatever, are move the needle very small. They they move the needle. Don't get me wrong. Like you can show up at your date looking hideous and not get a second date. Okay. But you could still show up at your date looking fabulous. But if the internal component has not shifted, then that's going to be th- the thing that loses. So for my clients, we tell them they, they, all my clients, and, and most of the time when people think about pageantry, they think about the walk, how are you going to walk across stage? And they think about how you're going to wear your hair. What's your makeup going to look? All of the external things, those things, if not done properly, they will lose the pageant for you. But even when those things are done properly, they're not guaranteed to win it for you. The only thing that wins it for you is what you've shifted internally, both in mindset, majorly in my people drastically underestimate mindset and you cannot shift your own mindset. You have to have somebody outside. You have to have a coach. You have to have a mentor. You have to have some, you cannot, that's not work we do on our own. That has to be somebody that, that this is, we are intended to do life together. This is why we want to be with a partner because we want to do life together. But if you're not willing to commit to finding a partner, a mentor, a coach, somebody that you're willing to do life with, especially on this journey of finding love, but and even in pageantry, these women want to be like, you know, in, you don't get there alone. No one, there's no uncoached winners in the world. You know, you're not going to, you're not going to be at the Olympics, but you got there by yourself. That doesn't happen. So you want the best of the best of the best, but you're like, I'm just going to change my wardrobe. It doesn't work that way. You actually have to change inside your mindset and you have to change your emotions. You have to change your your guidance. You have to change the strategy of the things that you are doing. So don't be the swamp. It's incredibly unattractive. And you might think that you're changing things because you keep changing the same things. Like, oh, now I'm going to spend even more money on my wardrobe. And now I'm going to get an even better job. Well, you've been doing that. It's not working. What you need to change is your flow. You need to be, you need to be full of life. And it's not a list of accomplishments. It's how you show up. It's your mindset. It's your, am I willing to have somebody in my life that's able to speak to the areas of my character that need to be developed and changed? That is what actually moves the needle. And that moves the needle like majorly. It's not just like a little blip on the radar. It's like, boom, that can transform a person. That's that's why when you see people working with a coach, no matter what area, nutrition or personal training or something, you're like, wow, what did you do? And they're like, I hired a coach. And it's like, oh, that they didn't just hire a coach and teach them all the stuff on the swamp. They hired a coach they jumped in a river and they allowed their character, they allowed their mindset, their emotions to be transformed, to be life-giving. So there's a big difference. Don't be the swamp. Don't be stagnant. Allow yourself to try new things. Get out, be, become somebody that's willing to transform, not to become somebody that you're not, but to shift the character aspects that will help you to improve in your life overall.
Well, especially I was on a soapbox on that one, Auntie. I know that's That's really important, ladies. If you ever want to run for a pageant, okay. So just like Alicia has made that very clear. Um, and you know, the piece that I would say, uh, what you were just mentioning, and I just totally lost my train of thought. Okay, it's it's coming, it's coming right back. What did we just talk about? We're both there. We're we're both there, right? Bloopers. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So. Um, is actually that sometimes women are like, you know, I want a man who's like personally developed and all the things, right? But then I'm like, well, so everything that you want, like take that list and then like put a heart next to it that what you <laughs> what you are at the same time. Because sometimes we look for a man who brings sort of that life force energy into our life, right? But then we are not able to actually generate it from the inside, right? Like, I'm like, well, how are you going to activate a man? Like the man's going to tell, for example, if you just send a text message, hey, what are you doing? You know, they're not, this is nothing new in your life. You want me to entertain you right now. You hope that I'm going to tell you something that causes a state change inside of you. But what you're saying is like, girlfriend, you know what I mean? You got to create your own state change from the inside out, not like Mm -hmm. looking to him all the time, getting the yummy desserts and being like, well, I want him to be always the dessert, but like, I'm not, Oh, me being the dessert? No, I'm I'm good. I'm gonna be the bland soup. You know what I mean? That's right. <laughs> yeah, because no, the the men that most of us want to attract do not want to leave their river to get in your swamp. Yeah. They don't want to do that. No. They they are willing to leave their river to get in your river, but they do not want to get in your swamp. So you're like, oh, here I am in my swamp and your river looks so great. Like, uh, well, they're like, oh, your swamp looks stagnant. Like, but if you're flowing and you got stuff to offer, that's attractive. That's very attractive. Not the swamp. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag not such a good swamp. visual, right? No one wants to be a swamp. <laughs> See all the mosquitoes flying over it. And then lastly, uh, what's what's the last thing that makes you less attractive and you should never, ever do? Don't ever do this. Okay. This is something that I've, I've, seen women do as a sort of reaction to driving for what they want. And you alluded to this, the difference between the masculine and the feminine energy previously. So when I train the ladies that I work with, one of the things that we teach them is the way in which they present themselves. Sometimes when we are wanting a thing and we want it so badly, my contestants, they want to win so that they have worked so hard. They've been driving for a goal sometimes for years. And it's not just in the way that they look. It's not just in their character and the things that they're achieving, but it's also the things that they're doing for their community. They're making a massive impact on others and they want it so badly. And what tends to happen is that when we're going after a target, it requires that masculine energy. Like, this is what I want. This is what... But at some point, you have to know where to dial that back in order to, as I describe it to my clients, to float like a bubble. So when I train my clients to walk across stage, the visual that I give them is a bubble that's that's in motion. You know, when you when you have a wand and you blow a bubble, a bubble that floats, it never shifts like this. Like it, it never it never uh, rigidly changes directions. It never makes an abrupt stop. Okay. (laughs) What it does is it may slow down. 
It might twist and curve and it might sort of shift its energy as it's moving about, but it's in a state of constant movement. It's it's allowing itself to flow. This is the feminine energy that I believe that we need to ultimately have. Now, granted, when you're doing the strategy, when you're doing the work, when you're kind of reflecting, there needs to be a level of masculine energy that goes into those aspects. As you're learning, as you're training, you're going to be making decisions. you got to kind of have some follow through. Like there's got to be, there has to be that masculine effort. And we have to know how to balance that with this feminine bubble energy so that you don't come off as so aggressive or so, um, I guess, like, so uh, driven is not really work because driven is an is absolutely an attractive quality. But when you are so driven that you're willing to drive over people, that's when it sort of becomes like, oh, yikes, that's so the bubble when met with something that it might not like kind of like twists and turns and floats in a different direction. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's carrying this energy of being allowing yourself to remain in flow, allowing yourself to be fluid If it's not going down the path you want to gently kind of exit and allow yourself to leave. This is the feminine aspect that most men are ultimately attracted to. Masculine energy gets what it wants by driving for it, by going salt, by finding the target and then fighting for it every step of the way. Feminine energy gets what it wants by saying, no, thank you. No, thank you. No, thank you. And then opening space to allow the thing it does want to come in. Mm -hmm. That's the bubble analogy. So that's the, hey, let's float. Let's be in flow. Let's allow this to gently happen. Let's not force it. Let's not be rigid. Let's not be so strict. And and all these things that make us feel pent up and have a lot of tension. We got to release all those things and float like a bubble. Mm. That's my final one for you, Antia. (laughs) Oh, I love that so much. You know, I t- I tell my women sometimes about like a round energy versus an edgy energy. So that like so perfectly complements like, there you go, ladies. Here we go. You know, mic drop. <laughs> yes, totally. But you can already feel how your whole energy, your whole awareness shifts, how you don't feel like, you know, last night I was watching Love is Blind finale. Um, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not gonna like, you know, if you haven't watched finale, but there was one, uh, one wedding where she was just like so harsh and like just so emasculated him uh belittled him all the things right and it's like well this is only gonna look bad on your girlfriend I know that your girlfriends are standing up and applauding but like honestly everybody else is like what's wrong with her you know what I mean it's just like why can't you just say be like elegant and say you know what this is not the right match I wish you the best of luck you know what I mean you're great guy you're not for me kind of thing because yeah, yeah. that resentment, right? But I was talking about that actually men who are high quality see that and they're like, I would never treat someone like that. Whether I like them, whether I not like them, whether I had like some, you know, they're just like very, it, it's all, you could almost not tell because it's so, so elegantly done. You know what I mean? It's yes, like, yes. sometimes it sounds like a suggestion versus like, oh, yes. you know, like and the British, know, that's, right? <laughs> that's a beautiful uh, real life example of, the bubble, like the difference between a bubble in action. If you're imagining that you're the bubble floating, you would not pop on somebody, you know, you'd be like, wait a second. If I pop, I lose myself. Right. So instead 
You want to curve yourself, redirect and lovingly move in a different direction. That's what that bubble energy would do versus saying, you know, yikes, I need to like attack this person. I need to, a bubble's not going to hurt anybody. So what are you going to like smash into them? Like, no, you're, if you smash into them, you will pop. So you have to delicately find a way to say, you know what, I'm going to move about this. You know, Antia, that is probably one of the most difficult things that I think, especially for women that are high achievers, because to become a high achiever, you actually have to have a significant amount of masculinity that will allow you to achieve those goals. And that's wildly important and valuable in today's world. That's a beautiful, wonderful thing. We don't want to run away from that, but we also have to learn how to navigate both. We have to discover we're, we're, when we're a high achiever, we're so used to doing it one way that we sometimes miss that there's another way of doing this too. And so that's that's why I say that most of these things, you can't just do it on your own. It requires somebody else, you know, in, in coaching in general, but in especially my industry, we say that if you are in the jar, imagine like a jar of peanut butter or pickles or something, And the label is on the outside and you can't read the label because you're in it. You need somebody outside of you to read that label for you, to help you see what it is that's happening inside of you. And then to kind of give you that, that way out, it has to be somebody that you trust. It can't just be any old person because they might read the label wrong. They might read it rudely. Uh, Sometimes we can become damaged by giving somebody the you know, this, this may happen in some women who have been through a first marriage where they trusted somebody to read their label, to guide them and to support them. But then that person abused that privilege. So now there's a trust issue of like, well, now how do I allow space for somebody else to help me, to guide me, to partner with me? Because I gave that opportunity to somebody and it didn't go well. This is why learning those boundaries and understanding these type these I mean one YouTube video even twenty YouTube videos is it's deep work you know this yeah. is the stuff we have to really learn how to do and it requires that outside guidance to kind of help you in a trusting and loving way. Ah, oh, that's so incredible! Like that example, right? It's like it's mm-hmm. so true. Brody always says, "My husband." For those of you who don't know, um, a fish doesn't know that she's wet you know what I mean you need to tell some you know they don't even know that there's something called land so I love that other that analogy you know it's like you can't look from the outside in the other person can read the label from the outside well I could talk with you forever and we usually know what I mean like on this podcast you know know. (laughs) (laughs) so for the women who are like gosh I'm just like really resonating with what the wisdom and the golden nuggets that Alicia has to share how can they find you? What do you have for them? How yeah, so winapageant.com. We, of course, do way more than just pageantry. Um, I have a lot of free downloads there, uh, podcasts, over 200 episodes, um, YouTube, a book, things like that. But everything can be found at winapageant.com. Oh, I love it so much. And, yeah. you know, I, what I love about you is I always had to psych story. Uh, when I meet like a Miss So-and-so or whatever, you know, I would like always stay away from those people. And when I found out that I'm like, what? You're so genuine and you're so grounded and you're fun and you're approachable. And 
you know, so that's like you're living what you're teaching and you're living mm -hmm. that you have like this true charisma, this, this true authenticity that like that never changes. Right. Yeah. You have like this like eternal essence about you that I just so appreciate, Alicia. And I just like hope that more women get that, you know, get to step into that, get to own that uh, mm -hmm. and get to be exactly for who they are. Because what you said in a talk that I just watched a week ago, that's not about being perfect. What is it about? It's about finding, being yourself. And when you are yourself, so this is, I, I'll end us with this here. Um, and 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 actually, before I tell that little story, I want to share something about you, Antia. Having known you now for a few years and, and seen you and Brody interact, something that I really appreciate because, again, not knowing one another's industries, I'm I'm thinking like, oh, she's kind of like a matchmaker. She helps women get men. Well, the, the question mark is, how's her marriage going? And one of the things I love is that you and Brody really, truly do continually work on all of the aspects that you are training on. And it's an ongoing process. You know, it's, it's that constant, it's the iron sharpens iron. You got to be around the right people. You've got to find, and, and watching the two of you navigate that, I just think is so, so beautiful. And it's been fun to witness that. And honestly, it feels good to witness it because in any industry, there are people who are sharing things, um, maybe in an unhealthy way or from an inauthentic place. Mm -hmm. And so it's so beautiful to see that you and Brody really are sharing true life lessons from stuff that you actually know and that you're truly committed to doing in your marriage. So I think that's beautiful. So the perfect, I want to talk about being perfect. When I was um, competing, I always thought I needed to be perfect, 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 perfect. And it wasn't until years later that I actually got a commercial gig for a flaw that I had that I was constantly trying to solve. And while I was on set, I overheard the director say, you know what? And it was the, the flaw was that I was in the fitness industry and I really wasn't that lean. Like in fitness, you want to be like muscly and lean, you know? And at the time, I really wasn't all that lean, but I still got this gig. And the director on set said, you know what? She's not all that lean. And I heard that and I, and instantly my heart was like, oh, cause that was my insecurity. You know, I was like, oh, what is she going to say? And then she said, but she's perfect. I really like her. She's perfect. And I realized that I get to be fully who I am. I get to fully be myself because when I'm fully myself, I will be the perfect match for the perfect person that's looking for it, for their job, for exactly what they were looking for, I was perfect. And so that's what perfection is. It's not about making yourself chiseled into what you think perfect is, what everybody, what you think everybody else wants. It's not that. It's actually you allowing yourself to be fully and truly you, and then you will find your perfect match. Oh, this is, this is like what what just left this like tattoo on my heart. Like when you said that, that's like my women need to hear that, yeah. right? Like there's like the saying, there's a lid for every part. And it's really like that. You know, I was not the perfect match for so many guys. Like I was never perfect. But then when I met Brody and I was making all my quirky jokes in German that didn't translate into English, I just bounced off it. I'm like, babe, I said, you know, I, I don't know. That's like some funny translation. You don't know but but it was like it was 
this is my perfect match, right? It's like they can just play with you. They can be with you. They're like, they don't understand what you're saying, but they're hanging there with you, laugh with you uh, without putting you down or without being like, what, like, what, like what's going on with that girlfriend? Or, or without you having to change who you are, you get to be yourself. That's how it should be. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, no more putting, turning yourself into a pretzel or, or, Backward monkey flips, all the things like no more of that, ladies. No. So winapageant.com is your winning ticket. If you want to gain more confidence, if you want to increase your radiance, if you, all those things like, so take advantage of that. So Alicia, thank you so much for being here today. This was like even better than I expected. I feel like it was like my treat, like my 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 yummy dessert, so to say. You know what I mean? Oh, my heart. Well, it's just fun to be able to see you in the middle of the week. I love this. So thanks for having me on. You know what I mean? I'm just popping on the podcast. Yeah, totally. <laughs> and then of course, ladies, if you have any questions, comments, like put it into the comment section as well. Like, comment, share, subscribe to my channel. So thank you so much for being here today, Alicia. It was a treat uh, at the very minimum. Uh, and ladies, I will talk to you next time. Take care. Bye-bye.